Kia ora, how to go fans, this is Max with the extended interview with Chloe Swarbrick from the Green Party. This is from episode 4, season 2 of How to Go, where I was challenged to interview uh, members of parliament about mental health in New Zealand. If you like this, then you should check out my interview with David Seymour of the Act Party, which you can also find wherever you found our podcast, whether that be a podcasting app, or SoundCloud, or iTunes, or on Facebook, or my Twitter, at HowToMax. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna let's just get the interview underway because I'm bad at intros when I don't have my friend Robbie. Okay, let's do this. Thank you very much. Have some nice waterfall sounds on your podcast. Oh yes. <laughs> we just did. Um, we just interviewed our dads last time. We took them out for dinner, and oh, so yeah. there's a lot of you know like people eating food, and it's, it was at yeah. Southern Cross, and yeah. so the ambience like it's got. I think it's gonna be really nice. Yeah. Personal and I did a um, newsroom have a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. Um, both Kitty Tapu, um, uh, Labour East Coast, um, and I did it. And we were in a bar, um, mm-hmm. and that I think would have been a very loud ambience. <laughs> but anyway, they were into it. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, the ambience it takes it takes you away on a journey. So because mm, mm, the way we're running at the moment is um, we're doing studio um, unpacking of interviews and yep. experiences. But when you listen to the experiences, you're taken away into the journey. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. To the cold studio, yeah. And unpack it. Yeah, podcasts um, are a whole new medium. It's, it's still being developed. <laughs> yeah, we're still still working on it. Yeah. Still haven't quite figured it out. But you it's know, awesome. we're trying to just throw a lot of stuff against the wall. Um, cool. Okay, let's get started. Um, first of all, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to interview you. That is all good. Thank all you for approaching. Uh, can I get you real quick just to say uh, for the podcast so we can edit in later? Yeah. Who you are? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my name is Chloe Swarbrick and I am a new Green Party MP. Uh, I hold uh, portfolios in a large number of things mm-hmm. uh, because there are eight of us. <laughs> uh, so those things range from uh, education to local government to youth to small business to internal affairs mm-hmm. and then everything in between. Absolutely. <laughs> So again, thank you very much for no. That is all good. Taking a little time to come. Uh, Before to I speak on my really boring bill tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll just tell you a little bit about the podcast because I yep. don't really know if you know anything about only what, what Tim has told me. Yeah, right, fair enough. Um, so the podcast was started between me and Robbie Nicole, who oh cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've been best friends since high school, awesome. since back in the day. Um, and but we'd never created anything together, even though yep. we're both artists. So we decided a podcast would be a good idea because we were living in different cities. Something yep. we could do like that and we come up with this idea of every two weeks we go away try a challenge or an adventure or something Mm -hmm. that was meant to make us a better person that was the mission statement we'd try something and last year we did about 23 episodes and we that is a very broad you know mission statement so we spoke with uh childhood bullies we told people how much they meant to us we confronted things about performing that was making us insecure we tried not swearing for two weeks. That's a, that's a waste of time. I can tell you that much. It's absolutely fun. In this job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but this time we came came back and we thought instead of it doing it like a vlog style, yep. you know, every two weeks it's something new, we'd do something more focused. Mm-hmm. So this season it's all about mental health because that's something that's very important to us. Yep. And it's something that a lot of New Zealanders, especially men, in, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. don't really talk about. So yep. we thought we'll try to focus most of our challenges on, on that and 
so what what mine had primarily been interview based. I've been mm-hmm. I, I got to speak with uh, Marion from Action Station. Cool. Uh, I got. Uh, they just uh, presented their report to David Clark, I think, and oh, got his um, confirmation that he's going to go ahead with all the recommendations. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's. So we're winning, man. Yeah, like, it, it, it feels <laughs> so like so. It's that. a push further, but we're winning. Yeah. A part of it, it feels kind of funny doing this podcast that we're kind of arriving at the end of. Yeah. Of a, oh well, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the um, it's actually Laura who obviously works for Action Station. Mm. Um, she's awesome. Uh, one thing which uh, really resonated with me mm. when we had you know Winston decide the the government and obviously. Mm. Um, thus the change of government, uh, she put on social media something along the lines of, um, you know, really looking forward to protesting this new <laughs> Labour Green New Zealand First Government. And that's the thing, right? Now is the best time to be pushing for going further and actually entrenching all of this good change so it's not just rolled back by the next NAP government whenever that comes along. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so you know that's what sort of what we we're, we're trying to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, most most of mine are interview based. I've, mm-hmm. I've I've been trying counselling, different kinds of counselling. Uh, yeah. Speaking with people about our emotions with people I don't normally speak to about yeah. our emotions. Uh, and and one of the challenges was come to speak to an MP because my background is very apolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, due to my upbringing, um, okay, some people who are involved in my upbringing, um, I had quite a bad. View of politicians, yeah. not more, but yeah, like, yeah. like uh, no, do so do I. Fine, <laughs> 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 but but to the point where I wouldn't listen, where I would be yeah. like, no, they're all all lying. Yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah. But what they had led to was yeah. an action and yeah. uh, not allowing myself to engage with yeah. any kind of conversation. So I was just afra- afraid to, and now mm. I'm trying to. Uh, it's engage. good. Yeah. It's a good challenge. I afford that. Thank you very much, Chloe <laughs> <Lois Albrecht. laughs> Um But yeah, so I was just, uh, I've got some questions here, but I just, I did want to ask um, if you've had any personal experience with the New Zealand's Mental Health Services. Um, I personally haven't gone through it, mm-hmm. um, but I have supported people um, and their experiences through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been relatively open um, about the fact that um, I... Uh, dealt uh, with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. to quite a hardcore extent um, when I was a teenager mm-hmm. um, and as I said before like that's still something which has impacts on my life mm-hmm. today you know mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important to recognize that kind of stuff I was talking to Holly Walker mm-hmm. um, who you know ex-green MP who wrote uh, the book uh, something um the, the whole mess of it an intimate mess um mm-hmm. I, have you it's bwb it's you know classic new zealand okay anyway, <laughs> yeah. put this on the reading list um, <laughs> yeah it's um it's great she would actually be a great person to talk to okay. um so her book is basically about her experience as a green mp mm-hmm. um she served at a term and had a baby during Mm. the term and um there are a whole lot of other you know things going on in her life um and she basically ended up getting hit uh with depression Mm. um and i think it was anxiety as well uh and being unable to cope in that position um in the position of an mp because she was supposed to present herself as being all together and you know it's all this performative kind of stuff that goes Mm. on there and again it's inherent in all the assumptions about who a politician is Mm. Um, 
and then you know we can get into the uh, kind of <laughs> um, the paternalism and the um, the, the sexism around yeah, the, <laughs> around women and babies and yeah jobs. Yeah. Uh, but she was having a good day, and this is something that she writes about in her book. She was having a good day um, and was out walking um, her baby in the pram in Petoni. So it was called. Petone? Uh, yeah. Is that what the place is called? Petone? Yeah, yeah, Petone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no what, I'm not from Wellington. So. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, she was walking her baby in a pram in Petone and uh, took a photo and pasted on, uh, posted it on Twitter or something because mm. she was just like, this is like an awesome experience and a genuinely, I feel good and the sun's out and whatever. Mm. Um, and I've been feeling like quite shitty for the last little while. Um, so like she had that experience and then um, she got a message from a well-meaning like media staffer who w- uh, said... You might want to delete that. It probably sends the wrong message about you know MPs. Right. Like people want to see MPs working all the time, right. um, and that again is just reinforcing this really messed up narrative that we're defined by our work. Yeah. Um, but also again the assumptions about what politician, who politicians are. Yeah. Politicians are supposed to be representatives. Yeah. Uh, but then you know, kind of implicit in that as well. Um, is the dilution of emotions, um, which obviously has an impact on um, not talking about um, the likes of mental illness. And that's why that cultural change, which has happened, you know, the the changing public sentiment around normalizing the conversation around mental health um, has been so crucial because, um, yeah, otherwise I I don't think that we would see politicians acting on it. And that's the thing, right? You've got so many levers if you can organize outside the house. Obviously, New Zealand's mental health services have been been hit pretty hard over the past few years. Yeah. In terms of lack of funding. Yeah. Um, the the plan is to re- to reverse that to try. Yeah, yeah. The, the plan is totally to reverse that. Mm. Um, and one of the starting points is a um, inquiry into the state of um, mm. mental health services. Mm. So, mental health is a really complex issue mm-hmm. um and i say that as somebody obviously with personal experience mm-hmm. um uh, different mental health issues and having friends um and family um but it's it's not something that i think okay so so if you look at it broadly i think that there are two um realms to bring about change mm-hmm. and this kind of comes back to what you were saying about politicians before mm-hmm. i think that um, there is change that can come about in the cultural sphere. So the cultural sphere includes things like media, um, awareness, which can include like education, um, you know, protest, uh, petitions, those kinds of things. Um, and yeah, obviously education. And then uh, you've got the structural side of things. Mm-hmm. The structural side of things includes regulation, legislation and funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two areas aren't mutually exclusive. They totally cross over. So um, good example would be uh, the consent uh, education protest organised by the Wellington College Girls. Yes. Um, I think that's what the school's called. <laughs> the Wellington School Girls, um, who are awesome. Um, uh, so that obviously was uh, raising awareness, uh, generating media, uh, protests, you know, bringing people together, collective action kind of thing. Um, and the intent is to try and bring about change in legislation and regulation, which then impacts education, which then changes, you know, awareness, and that has lasting impacts. So I think that um, any kind of change has to include both of those two things. Mm. Um, it, has to, it has to consider both of those two realms of change, uh, because it's the same way that I see uh, my new role um, in politics is 
uh, the way that I can bring about change in the house is kind of, you know, you know, come back into my office, meet with MPs from across, you know, the um, on opposition and also in government and shake hands with them and make deals behind closed doors. Mm. Um, or, and, uh, I can uh, work to change sentiment. I can work to change culture. I can work with people who are at the coalface and are already doing that and try and amplify their voices and give them the platform to do that. Uh, and I think that's a more democratic way to go about bringing about change. And what we're seeing is that culturally uh, there is very much, for you know, at least several years now, been that call for change in the mental health um, system. So um, it is a crisis point, really, and there's, you know, that, that's evidenced by a whole lot of things, including um, really shocking um, suicide statistics. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, what that has set is the um, groundwork for basically the government to be able to go, okay, yeah. <laughs> we can definitely do this and it's not going to be called like a waste of public money or yeah. anything like that, you know. Um, but basically we still haven't yet properly identified where the holes are. Mm. Um, and this again for me comes back to it being a really complex thing because uh, I don't think that it's we're going to fix uh, the mental health crisis by going let's look at the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff per se. Yeah. Um, not to say that you know all mental health services are that kind of thing. Like they, they can be ongoing. Um, anybody who's experienced um, mental health for lack of better word issues knows that it isn't something that's like linear and done and over yeah, and you know, like no, left it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is to say that I think um, very deeply, and this is stuff that I spoke about um, in my maiden speech, that we need to evaluate uh, the society and the culture that mm. we're like you know growing up in mm. um and that we we exist in at the moment because it is a very alienated isolated world where um you know for for insecure housing and insecure work um it, it is really difficult to find your community mm. and in that respect you know it, as i said like when you have a problem you don't identify that problem as a systemic problem you identify it as an individual problem that's mm. your problem therefore a problem with you mm. um so yeah there's there's all of those kinds of things we're just making sure people have the basics but then there is obviously ensuring that we have that system that's there um and then giving people purpose which is like integrated into so many different things like yeah. education and workforce and um you know art and culture uh so yeah, and I, and I would even say I'm local government because I'm a massive local government nerd. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a very broad, uh, very rambly lay of the land. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any like um, just silver bullet. That's what I keep hearing. It's yeah. very disappointing to keep hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, thankfully, it also hopefully means that people are properly grappling with the issue. Mm. And that is why that inquiry is really important because it'll mm. identify where... Um, the, for lack of a better term, the, the pressure points are where we can get those quick wins, but also those longer term, um, kind of deeply entrenched issues with mm -hmm. everything um, mm. from culture through to um, systems. Mm. Yeah. Uh, would you feel, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's always tough to say, but I, I, oh, I keep asking this question. Are you hopeful for oh, the direction yeah. New Zealand culture is going? Yeah. I, I, I'm totally hopeful. I think that, um, you know, obviously recognising um, my, my youth, <laughs> yeah. which uh, it's, it's very difficult to ignore because you really ask keeps bringing it up. Yeah. Um, I, I feel as though um, 
we're in a, we're we're in this interesting time, right? Where um, particularly in the house, like there's only two of us under the age of thirty, mm. and that's myself and Simeon Brown, who's um, with the Nats. Mm. And it's funny because half of New Zealand's population is under thirty-five, mm. uh, and I think that my generation, at least from you know our generation, at least from my perspective, we've kind of grown up seeing the wheels fall off. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've grown up knowing that we're not going to be able to afford a home, and we're going to be settled with student debt. We might not be able to find a job in the career that we study for. Yeah. All of those kinds of things, um, and it's it's quite a different perspective or outlook to some people who are perhaps older who have really prescribed to either a market ideology or think that we need to revert back to pre-1984. And mm. um, so I, I do think that with the energy of the new government and at the very least hopefully with, um, you know, just under as the figurehead as, mm. as a young woman, mm. um, but, you know, that's also um, dangerous to start pigeonholing people based on their characteristics. And <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, do, I do think that I, I am really hopeful. I, I grew up, you know, under with my whole um, kind of teenage years with the Nats in power, um, mm. and that was always really dispiriting. <laughs> I remember being, I think I was sixteen in the first election that I was really interested in, um, and yeah, again, it was just national one, um, mm. and it was so gutting. And then um, the first election that I could vote in. Um, national one <laughs> and yeah, I, was, yeah. I was I was going through law school at the time mm. and um, I'd been you know I was working at BFM mm. and had uh, all of these uh, surra- surrounded by this bubble of people who you know were in, in my opinion um, critical thinkers and creative thinkers and people who really wanted um, to, to create a, a new world and you know work with new opportunity and mm. move past um, what was looking like rampant inequality mm. um, so yeah again rambly but in <laughs> contrast to all of that yeah. all of that really deeply felt um, disappointment um, I am very hopeful mm. okay that's, that's I mean again that seems to be a very shared sentiment yeah at the moment. I'm a cautiously hopeful yeah. person I'm always like again it's coming from my background where yeah. I was so like Oh, man, it was one of the challenges was just going to a protest and protesting because yeah. I'd yeah. never, I'd always like been that's no, 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 yeah, no, 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 for me. Yeah. Um, and then there was in Auckland. There was earlier this year. There was uh, the uh, anti the Muslim ban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you at that one? The I no ban, no wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I went to that one and I was there too. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and but it, it's it's been it's hard not to. I mean. How Trump keeps coming and everything, but yeah, like yeah, that yeah, totally. feels like it's galvanized yep. a lot of people, yeah. Um, especially a, a, some people in my community in terms of their voting mm. habits mm. and that they voted <laughs> this time. Yeah. Um, well, it's hopefully like a flashpoint, right? Where you mm. go, Oh, that's what happens if I don't engage, yeah. You know, yeah. um, but the really fascinating thing about uh, the likes of Trump, um, I'm reading a, a really good book at the moment by um. When I have time, when I'm on the plane, and I finish my emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, by George, I think it's Monbiot. Mm-hmm. Monbiot. Uh, he's. Uh, I don't know if he's a philosopher. He's a writer anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's called. I actually got it over there. Um, it's called. Oh, I'll get it. So okay. that I actually know what it's called. Um, it is called Out of the Wreckage. Um, and it's basically. It was really funny because I was reading through the first few chapters. Um, and got off the plane and had to message Tim 
to my awesome AI, and I was like, dude, this is my maiden speech. This is like, in terms of the the reference to um, community and um, just that's how you rebuild by way of this like grassroots movement because people have become um, ha- have totally lost faith in um, governmental institutions, and that's because. Um, it doesn't look or sound like them. Yeah. But worse than that, uh, like, um, uh, I, have, I have this kind of theory of power, um, mm. which is that when it's unchecked, it self-perpetuates. Mm. And the thing is, is that um, Parliament is supposed to be a House of Representatives, right? But we've come somewhere along the line to have assumptions about what parliamentarians look like, which is why it was so controversial when Ives, Youth and Gorias as, you know, ex-refugee MP mm-hmm. um, came in because we didn't look like... <laughs> the older white dude in the yeah, suit yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like why why is it weird that we're in here mm. when we look like modern New Zealand mm. um, when you know it's it's legit just representative as I said before you know two people under 30 in the yeah. house mm. um, and it's because we don't look like um, the people uh, who have always traditionally held power and wealth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a lot of assumptions um, about the way that this place operates and the kinds of people who operate in it. And kind of entrenched in that uh, is that lack of distrust. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to find a way to go, actually, no, this place belongs to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to find someone in my community um, who I support, who I think is a community leader, and support them to be in that place, yeah. you know, and not have this really divorced um, sense of uh, who should be a politician because mm-hmm. that, again, reinforces this mindset that it's for lame people, yeah. <laughs> you know, who, 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 which is then super vulnerable to... Um, the rise of populism, mm. um, especially uh, when we're so alienated and isolated from each other, um, you, you buy into any kind of solution to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been the, the latest hurdle for, for me is is just the understanding of, of of politics and being like, no, it's not over here. It's mm. not that's not politics. Everything it's is political. Friggin' everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And especially, I mean, not really in the communities that I run in in terms of because I'm. I'm a writer. Dude, artist, art is you know. so political. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I've had so many yeah. arguments where people were like, no, I just don't want to keep politics out of things. Yeah, like, yeah. No, what you've decided Every, yeah. is the. What you've decided is to be complacent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's very. It's very. It's an exciting time. It's a very yeah. exciting time because it feels like there is tangible change yeah. there. And I'm really trying to put down the part of me that's like, no, yeah. it's not. Don't get Yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah. 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 We should be um, excited and we should be hopeful. Yeah, I mean, it's be excited, but don't be complacent, you know? Yes, yeah. um, and that's the thing, right, is um, if, if we do get complacent um, as this <laughs> ambiguous kind of amorphous left, uh, <laughs> then, uh, and this is the other thing with the left, like, um, I think we all need to have a very good talk about our theory of change because we are so used to jumping in each other's throats. And yeah. <laughs> there's this really great uh, kind of quote uh, thing that I came across the other day, uh, which said that uh, the right fall in line and the left fall in love. Mm. And I think that that was a perfect kind of illustration of it, mm. where 
uh, we love lofty ideals and we love, um, you know, just discussing romantic notions of how to make the world better and all of those kinds of things. And we kind of pursue that. Um, mm. And it is quite an intellectual pursuit. Yeah. Um, whereas the right just get it done that's mm. that's their mo you know mm. they're whether they're yes men or the ones driving it mm-hmm. it's just about we're working as a unit mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that i want to see homogenous nature <laughs> and the left i definitely don't i think yeah. one of the awesome things about um where i sit on the political spectrum is that i'm surrounded by people who consistently challenge me to be a better version of myself mm. and um you know improve uh, my ideals and whatever uh, and challenge everything Mm. Uh, but at the same time we probably have to figure out what we want to do with political power yeah. um, because otherwise we're just going to eat ourselves <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that seems to be the tough thing especially in, the, you know, in, your, in whatever bubble you're in yeah. it can feel great and someone says but maybe yeah, yeah, this yeah. and then shut yeah, up that yeah, person yeah, yeah. 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 and that's the thing right is, I mean, we also have to make those safe spaces for people to voice dissent because yeah. it is important it mm. is really important to um, critically analyse how and why we do everything because again otherwise mm. we get complacent with power mm. and we end up just totally emulating the Tories and yeah, that's not yeah. a good thing yeah. so um, yeah it has to be a balance but I think it's just all um, all comes down to recognising um, that we are now in a position of real opportunity mm. like we're not so much rallying against the machine anymore because we kind of are the machine. So what does the machine look like, (laughs) you know? Um, So we're grappling with that. Mm. And I think it'll be a really hopefully healthy um, dialogue that we have about that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, I I know we're... we're Oh, yeah, what time is it? Uh, Oh, yeah, no, you've got like 10 minutes. If I get get scared because... um, uh, It's it's good to, um, to hear from people, especially in power, who have anxiety have had anxiety Mm. and have gone through that Mm. if you could say anything to anyone who's going through anxiety right now Um, just to put you on the spot yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's funny eh? i think that everybody experiences anxiety in a different way Mm -hmm. um i I wouldn't seek to prescribe any um because you know for some people like pills totally work but then Mm -hmm. for other people pills are totally foisted on them and they don't Mm -hmm. um and then for other people, you know, like CBT or whatever, like different different strokes for different folks, Absolutely. you know. Um, for me, um, to speak from personal experience, um, it was probably actually quite an unhealthy way of figuring out how to deal with it insofar as I threw myself, I, I completely changed my life. So like I... Uh, left school, um, started at uni, started working, moved out of home um, and kind of uh, because I'd left school and stuff didn't really associate with my old friend group mm-hmm. um, who I've subsequently reconnected with a few of them and they're awesome a few years later but mm. um, it was like a complete life change for me and that part I think was really good um, because you know also it was, it was uh, totally coinciding with depression um, but the part which probably wasn't a super healthy coping mechanism was trying to do everything to figure out who I was. Um, so I was kind of, because uh, it's, it's high functioning anxiety. Right, yes. So it's like, I need to do everything. Um, and if I am relaxing, I don't, I freak out. <laughs> um, so it was, um, you know, do as many papers as possible. Um, and at uni, um, work as many hours as possible, have no time off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then 
and this is why it can't be a prescription, mm. um, I met uh, my partner, who's still my partner, Alex, mm. um, and it, he, he's basically just my best friend. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was, you know, the, the process of us just um, hanging out and um, having a person who you can talk to about everything. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a best friend, you know, a person yeah. who you can completely confide in, um, who wants you to be good um and not like this uh social norm of good but like your good Mm. which is like trying to figure out your niche in the world if that makes sense not to like again foist on this like really bizarre we're all like you know special diamonds or whatever um which we are (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah you know what i mean it was just um it it was really a process of self-discovery um and um yeah, so, so kind of a, a, a complete new reality um, and then a person who uh, really supported me through stuff. So um, I used to have um, breakdowns like every other month mm-hmm. um, and I bet I've, haven't had a breakdown in like a year plus, you know. Um, and that's like, again, like breakdowns are something which is like, oh, we don't want to talk about breakdowns, yes. you know, because yeah. it's got all the stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, you know, sometimes it manifests in like a panic attack or whatever. Mm. Other times it's just like, I can't do anything. Yes. Um, and for people who hold positions like mine, mm-hmm. you don't hear them, you don't hear people talk about that kind of yeah. stuff. Again, because if you do that, it's your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Um, reading some of the feedback because like, I read the comments because I want to be better yeah. um, but oh, also you know I've had a lot of people oh. who um, <laughs> so like I obviously spoke about mental health and um, my maiden speech and mm-hmm. why I keep referring to it as the only experience I've had so far speaking in the house right. um, but it, like the headline that was picked up or whatever by TVNZ or mm-hmm. one anyway I shouldn't mention <laughs> news media outlets but yeah. uh, whoever picked it up and the headline was along the lines of um, you know I talked about mental health issues and the top comment, which had like tons of likes, was, um, oh, she, uh, I knew she was brain damaged. And it's just like, you know, and that's fine, but also like, dude, come on, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, just think it through a little bit more. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that, that probably demonstrates that uh, mental health uh, in New Zealand is pretty normal but it's not normalized yet. We, right. we don't yet have the culture where we're able to talk openly about, like we know it exists mm-hmm. and we know that we've got like programs that are out there and people know that they need more funding for it, mm-hmm. but it's still something that's over there. Yes. You know? We, um, yeah. we, we spoke with some students at a, at a high school before mm. we did any of this, uh, just to get their impressions. And that seems to be like these teenagers were like, yeah, no, there's, I know there's counseling, I know there's all that, but that's, you know, like, no one's crazy, so why yeah, is that in there? It's yeah, not yeah. for us. And it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, yeah, totally. Dude, you're 14. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those sentiments, like, where do they go, away? Eh? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, not so much advice as it is just... Um, it, it ends up becoming a cliche if you get into the, like, life will be better. Yeah. Um, but... It is just kind of, uh, I, I'm not in any way, shape or form religious, mm-hmm. um, but a Buddhist, um, if, I can't remember what it's called, like tenant uh, motto thing that I've found myself uh, kind of prescribing to, which sounds really depressing when you first say it, okay. but it's life is suffering. 
Uh, and okay. yeah, when you, <laughs> again, really depressing when you first like, whoa. Um, but then you like delve into it and you kind of unpack it and you're like, oh yeah, so, you know, if I do the thing that I really love, um, it's going to be really hard. Mm. Um, and in that sense, it's suffering. Or you can do the thing that you really hate and, you know, potentially make more money, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's going to be its own form of suffering, you know. Mm. So it's just kind of, what form of suffering do you want to live with? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is really not an inspiring or positive note to leave it on. But, right. um, it, it, yeah, just uh, along those lines, I think, it's just, it is important to recognise that everybody has their own battles. Um, and, yeah, just be kind. Like, that, I think, is the resounding um, sentiment then culture change that I'd like to see um, and that I think is foundational on community mm. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very <laughs> no much. that is all good I hope that that was um, something workable yeah. that seems so hilarious <laughs>